Hi everyone, I'm transporting myself from my kitchen to a world of delectable food cultures and this is one incredible journey you want to accompany me on. I'm Alicia. I love baking and I knew food was going to be a huge part of my life since I was seven. A lot of you may have seen what I'm up to in my kitchen, but I want to give you a glimpse into my love for exploring the world of pastry through new cultures. So, on my podcast, I want to sit down with chefs, restaurateurs, entrepreneurs and food lovers who took up the challenge of bringing the world's cuisine to India. Join me as I learn more about food from here and there. On this episode, I'm showcasing the delicious French macaron. And who better to talk to than India's macaron queen herself? I'm joined by Pooja Thingra, the pastry chef and founder of Le 15 Patisserie, which offers a range of desserts including their award-winning macarons, cupcakes, cakes, cookies, tarts, and much more. Pooja started Le 15 in 2010, inspired by the classic French traditions and techniques of patisserie. She wanted to bring a little bit of Paris to India, after having studied French pastry at Le Cordon Bleu. Pooja tells me about her first bite into a macaron in Paris. The six months of trial and error it took her to make the perfect recipe in India and her must-dos while making macarons. Hi Pooja, thank you so much for being here. It's such an honor to have you on my podcast. Thank you so much for having me and for showing me the book that you have kept for so oh many my years. God. No, of course, that book, I've had the big book of treats. Yeah. I bought it, I remember, from your small little palladium stand. I went with my dad and I was like, okay, I want this macaron, this little red velvet cupcake and I want that book. And then I got it, started baking from it. And the next thing I knew, you had a class at Studio 15. And I got there and then there was Pooja standing right there. (laughs) And I was like, okay, I need to find a pen. I need to get her to sign my book. And the condition that that book is in now, falling apart. It makes me so happy. (laughs) It makes me so happy to see it because it makes me feel that, okay... All the hard work is worth it and someone is benefiting from it. So it makes me feel great. (laughs) And in the book I've written, and I don't actually write that for a lot of people. I usually write happy baking. But in your book I've written, I can't wait to see everything that you achieve. And today I'm sitting on your podcast, so I think. And how old are you? Amazing. I'm 17. <laughs> so <laughs> I know how to pick them. You, you know just who to find. Yeah, that's amazing. Congratulations. Thank you so much. Yeah. And I think I'm just ready to dive right in. Let's go. Let's go. So Pooja, for anyone that doesn't know, is the macaron queen of India. And I'm so familiar with your story with how you first tried your macaron mm. at Pierre Arme. It was the passion fruit and milk yes. chocolate macaron. This was when you were studying at Le Cordon Bleu in 2009. And you were just so spellbound by, you know, the flavors, how acidic, crunchy, sweet, creamy was all in one bite. And I want to know about the first time that you tried to make a macaron, you know, how it turned out. And did you think then that this small little bite of like almond flour would change, my life. Would change your life? You said it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, so actually that's quite interesting because when I made them in Paris and I made them in culinary school, mm-hmm. obviously it was great. And I was like, oh, these are easy to make. Like yeah. why don't people make them in India? And then I remember the first one I tried to make in my, I was still living with my parents Low 15 hadn't started yet. It was just an idea that was in my head. And I was testing recipes in my parents' home kitchen. And one day I was like, okay, let's make chocolate macaroons. Yeah. And I put the shells, all of that. I piped them out, left them out. 
bake them and I was so cocky right because yeah. I was like oh I'm just going to do this <laughs> and then came out of the oven and it was fully crinkled cracked Ooh. from the top and I was like oh my god this is not what it's supposed to look like I was completely disheartened uh-huh. and you know I started reading up a lot about it and it just spoke so much about humidity and macaroons needing to be dry in mm-hmm. a dry condition and I was like maybe the reason why you don't find macaroons in India or Mumbai at that point was because it's impossible to make them in our weather conditions. Yeah. So I just parked the idea for a bit and I was like, okay. And then a friend of mine from Israel actually was visiting me and both of us studied in Paris together. Mm-hmm. And he loves macarons and he was like, let's make some. And my thing was like, no, this is not going to be possible. And he's like, no, 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 we'll get it right. And he was staying with my family and I for about four months. And every day we would be like, let's try it. And, you know, yeah. we'd be closer and closer uh-huh. and closer, but something would go wrong, the mm-hmm. proportion or it wouldn't be dry enough or it would be too dry, all those things. And then one day it was just like we put it in the oven and then, you know, like you're waiting and you're kind of Curing trying to see. Yeah, and it's like with macaroons, it's the first three minutes. The first three minutes, you know whether you're going to get the feet, if it's going to, you know, rise, if it's going to be proper or it's just going to be completely flat. Yeah. And three minutes and it was perfect. And oh we did a little God. like dance. We got it out and I was like, yes, this finally, is finally, <laughs> finally. Yeah. Amazing. And obviously after that's become such yeah. a huge part of your life and such an integral part of Love 15 as well. But what a lot of people don't know is what exactly is a macaron? Some people don't know the difference between a macaroon and a macaron. That's a great question. Also, I feel that so macaron is is actually what I've been calling a macaroon so far. It's it's really <laughs> like a macaron. And it's uh, the French uh, pronunciation of, you know, the dessert that what most people know, what mm-hmm. we knew in India is what a macaroon was, yeah. was a very simple Italian meringue kind of pastry, which didn't have a filling. It mm-hmm. was that old school, you know, just almond, icing sugar, yeah. just pipe like those little rocks. Mm-hmm. And that was what a macaroon was. Yeah. A macaron mm-hmm. is two like sandwiched shells And um, they have like a ganache or a buttercream or a filling Mm -hmm. inside them. Now, obviously, when I moved back to India, firstly, people don't know what it is. And then if it's hard to pronounce, it's just going to be harder to catch on. So Mm -hmm. the spelling changes. So with a double O is like Mm -hmm. the Italian sweet. And with a single O is the French dessert. You know, in France, when people talk about a macaron in English, they say macaroon. So um, for me, it was like, oh, it's always a macaroon. And then that's what I started you know, saying as well. Mm-hmm. And and then there's all these debates about macaron versus macaroon. I'm like, you know what? <laughs> Just as long as it's delicious and you like it, you understand what I'm talking about. As long as the spelling remains a single O and a double O, you know what it is. No, of course. And then after your first attempt at making macarons, obviously practice and practice and practice until you continued getting it right. And you must have learned so much through that process. So what are three of the top tips that you have that you need to follow every single time when making a macaron or three things you have to pay attention to every single time? Uh, I think the first thing is you have to be super patient. Mm -hmm. I think when people think of eating macarons, it's like, oh, it's not something that you can wake up in the morning and say, I want to eat this for lunch because it is a long process. Mm -hmm. So I think that the thing to remember is that you need to have patience to get the process right. Mm -hmm. I would always say to use aged egg whites. So that's the first thing. When I say aged egg whites, I mean that you just break your eggs the night before, Mm -hmm. separate the yolks from the whites, 
make sure there's no traces of the yolk in your whites at all because then your meringue won't whip yeah and just leave it in the fridge uh what that does is there's a lot of these protein structures in the egg white which kind of break down over time and you just get a nicer meringue out of it so that would be the one thing that i would say make sure you separate your whites the night before mm-hmm. the second thing is just like you know i mean baking is so precise and you know if you're making a chocolate cake or you're making a brownie and you add like 5 grams extra 10 grams extra which is like a teaspoon or tablespoon of something mm-hmm. extra it's fine yeah it'll still manage to be okay but i think that it's so scientific and so specific you know and i i always start with equal quantities of say almond flour and icing sugar mm-hmm. so if it's supposed to be 100 and 100 but even like we've experimented so much even if it's 105 or 110 mm-hmm. and 100 your whole batter changes so the second thing i would say is that be very specific use a great measuring scale mm-hmm. and you know don't like eyeball it because that that won't <laughs> yeah. work i think in baking in general you know you have to be super specific but with macaroons more so mm-hmm. and the last thing would be that you know with most baked goods you want to eat things that are freshly baked and out of the oven and great but with macaroons it's a bit different mm-hmm. when your shells are baked and you put your your filling in there's actually a resting time So I would say that if anyone's trying to sell you freshly baked macarons don't eat them. <laughs> um the resting time is actually so when the shells come out of the oven they are super hard and your filling always has a lot of water content. So when you pipe your ganache in between your shells there's a water transfer that happens. So water from your filling moves into your shells giving it that softness. It's supposed yeah. to be crispy from the outside but when you bite into it it's supposed to be soft. nice and soft. So when you eat something that is biscuity that is crunchy people haven't done the resting the phase resting process properly so yeah wow and you know your twist with macarons dates years and years back and obviously bringing them to india was a big deal for you because such a delicate little french dessert into the indian market how did you actually commit from getting the macaron into india just a small idea into actually committing to it and getting it into like the market so to be very honest with you i was very young when i started it wasn't like a mission that i said oh i'm going to you know i just knew that i loved making them yeah and i knew that i wanted more people to try it mm-hmm. and it was a very different time starting a business 13 years ago because it was mostly word of mouth uh, social media didn't exist in the same form that it does today mm-hmm. there was no whatsapp there was no instagram <laughs> uh, facebook was just about starting so even the way you communicated things i used to write blog posts and mm-hmm. and talk about things so i was extremely ambitious and i always talk about world domination <laughs> having said that for me it was so much about just the day to day and just showing up every day and just giving it my all and being like how many more people can this reach oh. and it happened partially like organically because um with food specifically word of mouth is what really works right mm-hmm. so if you taste something and you love it and you've discovered something i think with low 15 in general it became like everyone was so excited to feel like i've discovered this and this is yeah. so special and unique and you know it became like these gift boxes like these pink boxes that uh-huh. we had that became part of like joy and experience and i think that people would travel from bombay and they take it to somebody else and all of that and for me i was so involved in the day to day and i was so busy with firefighting and kind of struggling with staff and you know when you start a business mm-hmm. you're like so involved in everything else that i never really had a minute to look up and be like oh 
everyone knows about it now so i didn't really plan for it it just it just happened yeah amazing and you know getting this little dessert into the indian market we know that your dad was a big foodie as well and you took him to paris to pierre arme to help him try his first macaron because you know his flavor palette leaned towards the indian sort yeah. of one so when he loved it obviously you must have thought that every other indian must love it too so how did you sort of test out the macaron in the indian market with the indian consumers yeah. and did you still have sort of moments of doubt that made you think maybe this might not work out for the indian market i think for when i came back my only i mission was how many people can i get to try this because mm-hmm. i was like i know that when they try it they love it mm-hmm. so how can i make that happen i just made sure that i was present everywhere if there was like a flea market you know there were a lot of exhibitions at uh-huh. at that time <laughs> so every exhibition happening everywhere i would just take a table and just a friend of mine and me we would just go we would have samples and we would get people why don't you taste this and a lot of people that traveled obviously knew what a, yeah. a, a macaron was but for a lot of people they didn't know and you know when they tried it they were like oh it looks like a mini burger it is like a cream biscuit <laughs> why is it so expensive and it was literally like telling them okay this it's completely almond flour and kind of trying to describe to them mm-hmm. what it was but for me it was very clear it was just like the more number of people try it the wider this will spread yeah the second part of your question was did you have any doubts yeah right? did you have any doubts bringing it here i think the greatest thing about being young and being naive is that you know you don't have life experience to tell you what is possible and what is not if you ask me the same question today when i launch a new product i'll probably have too many doubts mm-hmm. and that actually just happened to me last week because really? we're launching a new product and it's called a dipki and it's of something course. that we've trademarked and my graphic team was sitting with me and i was like this is i was like we have to introduce a completely new product to the market and it's going to be habit changing and it's going to just take us off and it's going to take too much time mm-hmm. let's just call it a cookie and be done with it you know like who's going to explain to people what it is and then they kind of resisted and they were like no we think it's really special and it's something we can build and i said let me think about it and then yeah. i sat in the car and i was like man 13 years ago if i had this question of it's going to be so difficult to kind of get people to know what a yeah. product is <laughs> i wouldn't do it why am i like why is this such a block and then i call them and i yeah. said we're going to stick with dipki and we're going to do it if wow. anyone can do it we can do it so <laughs> yeah i didn't think i didn't have any doubts uh, when i started because i was yeah. just you know i'm going to do this wow. the doubts and stuff comes later with yeah. with time the experience with failures all of that <laughs> Wow and once you came back to Mumbai we talked about the weather conditions obviously being a hindrance to the macarons because you know macarons are made with almond flour the filling of ganache is you know good quality chocolate good quality cream french ingredients and you found that local butter and local cream local chocolates just you know weren't giving you that sort of authentic taste of feel and it took you 6 months to get the recipe 60 tries to get it yeah. right Could you just explain you know the problem of the weather and the problem of the ingredients and how you kind of overcame that? I think it was a combination of things. The first problem was getting the shells right with the correct humidity. You know, even once they're made, the temperature difference between when you put them in a freezer versus when you take them out to room temperature, when you put them in the fridge and you pull them out, there's such a process of like how they should go in different temperatures because the minute you shock it with 
too much of a temperature difference it starts sweating mm. so there was a big learning curve to go through all these different like what happens now what if i do this what if i do yeah. that with it with the ingredients and the fillings and all of that yes at that time finding chocolate was very difficult mm. i love indian butter and i love indian cream so for me that was completely fine but chocolate was challenging the right quality of almond flour was challenging the to get the right even the consistency and the you know because it has to be as fine fine as possible yeah. yeah so doing that and then you know we were trying to grind it ourselves and then it was becoming a paste and it was a mess yeah. so then you had to get almond powder and then you had to start sifting it and we had to sift it like three times over oh to get God. the finest powder and then you're left with all this wastage so how do you use that in another recipe so all those kinds of things yeah it was also about like if you have a macaron in france they use a buttercream or they use a jam or they use uh-huh. different fillings but if i used a buttercream the minute it left my kitchen and went to the consumer completely it would be completely melted, melted and destroyed mm-hmm. and at that time you know like I, i was young i was like oh i didn't understand the supply chain and i didn't want to put dry ice and ice and complicate things mm-hmm. so i was like what kind of ganache can i use how can i make this stable get the same texture without using you know certain kind of feeling so it was a lot of like experimentation and lo 15 has this insane range of flavors as we know it now which have worked so well with indian consumers and as you keep innovating and as you keep sort of ideating new flavors to adapt to the indian market you know you have chili and you have tandoori for um holi how do you sort of keep adapting these flavors of the authentic macaron to what works here you know while playing around with the indian flavors as well and do you have any upcoming flavors that you can share with us when i was studying and then when i was working in paris i was in a chocolate shop and right across me was a japanese french pastry shop mm-hmm. and i would you know after work i would go there to pick stuff up and i was amazed by how the chefs use their culture in the dessert they made mm. so uh, you would go there and you'd find like a matcha milfai and you'll get wow. a you know sesame black sesame something a green tea something uh-huh. and even then i was like okay why don't we do this with indian ingredients so actually when i moved back my first thing was indian ingredients french techniques so in the first year itself we made you know like a pan macaron mm-hmm. we did a lemon and green chili we did all of that so it's for me as a chef it's always been important to kind of blend both these worlds together mm-hmm. and we continue to do so in different ways and forms so the latest one that we did is the thandai one yeah. for for holi but we play around with these flavors a lot and i think that's what excites me the most yeah we do have a flavor of the month every month and that is just what keeps me busy and it's like okay <laughs> what do i do so for summer for may we're doing lemon and Ooh. we don't really normally do a lemon flavor because i find that every time i do anything citrus you know the audience doesn't like it as much mm. but i'm going to test it out uh, <laughs> but we actually did a celebration box for our 13th birthday last month where i got six pastry chefs and each one of them to contribute one flavor each and wow. for me that was the most exciting because for the first time i didn't have to think <laughs> i didn't have to create anything oh. uh, these great chefs extremely talented chefs created a flavor each like sanjana did orange blossom for yeah. us Girish did uh, malai toast and all these Amazing. flavors and i just could eat them and i was very happy <laughs> and it's been 13 years since you've started lo 15 oh my god you were 5 no 
five. I could barely <laughs> say macaron at the time. How do you think, you know, this small little French dessert has fared with the Indian market so far? And do you plan on making them even more popular throughout the country? You know, do you have any other plans to popularize any other French desserts coming up? I was at somebody's house just last night for dinner mm-hmm. and she has two daughters, nine and seven. And I took a box of macaroons for them as a gift. And she told me, she's like, the girls are going to be so excited. It's their favorite dessert. And I was like, oh, amazing. And these two girls, they came running <laughs> and they were like, you know, you love the macaroons from Le 15. This is the auntie. I'm like, auntie now, okay. <laughs> this is the auntie that makes them. And I looked at her, I said, how old are you? And she said, nine. I said, you know, 13 years ago, there were no macaroons in Bombay or, or India, like the yeah. very few. And she opened the box, she took a bite and she's like, imagine India without macaroons. How sad a world would that oh be? Oh my God. <laughs> and I just I just had a moment, you know, I had a moment because I was like, wow, this is a nine-year-old girl whose favorite dessert now is, you know, from people not knowing what it was mm-hmm. to it being a part of someone's life from yeah. from such a young age. I felt really good in that moment and I feel that maybe the work that I've been doing over the last 13 years has an impact. So yeah, that (laughs) felt felt good. Amazing. My final question to you is what is one dish, international, French, Indian, dish, dessert, baked good, anything that you would recommend that you think that we might not know about? That you might not know about? Mm -hmm. I think, so every time I go back to Paris... The first thing I like to eat is, I mean, obviously after I've eaten a croissant and had a coffee and everything, <laughs> I go back to the Pierre Hermes store and I do get the passion fruit macaroon. It's called Mogador, mm-hmm. just for old time's sake. <laughs> but what I love at that store is a dessert called the The Milfei, which is like, oh. uh, you know, a milfei, but it's a take on it. And it's got like this praline sort of insert in it. And it's... It's just so heavenly because it's like butter and it's vanilla Yum. and it's hazelnut. It's crunchy and it's just amazing. So, yeah, that meal for you is definitely. It's it top needs of to list. come to India soon, Pooja. We're waiting. <laughs> Challenge accepted. <laughs> Next on the list. <laughs> and on that note, thank you so so much, Pooja, for coming here and spending your time with me. It was so interesting to hear about your journey with that little French dessert and yeah thank you so so much thank you for having me <laughs> that was Pooja Dhingra from Le 15 on Food From Here and There check out the episode description to see where you can follow Pooja and Le 15 to keep up with the exciting new sweet treats they put out and of course come say hi and follow me on Instagram at Ali the Baker to see my latest adventures in the kitchen bye and see you next week